All right, we are recording. All right. Let's make some ball fart sounds first. Oh yeah, we're we're on some stability balls. <laughs> we just want to like welcome you to our gym and enjoy. This is, I have a funny story about this. We were, Jill and I were having one of these dates where we were like, okay, we're going to record like a hundred exercises for our YouTube channel. And it was like crazy day. I think we had both of our babies there. This was yeah. Before. This was when Jill only had one baby. Yeah. Those so, were the days. <laughs> we, were like, we, we were like, we're probably on exercise like 97. And it was something on a stability ball. And every time I sat on it to do it, it would make this sound. <laughs> and Jill would lose her shit. I couldn't do it. So, <laughs> so we must have recorded hip circles or something, something like where I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, like 15 times or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so <But> anyway, yeah, <laughs> we, we got it done, got but it. yeah, <laughs> I like this. So I listened to a podcast, uh, the rebel eaters club. It is an awesome podcast. And at the beginning of every episode, she eats a snack with her, whoever she's interviewing mm. and it's like loud and like they they're like loudly enjoying food and I just think it's kind of amazing and so I'm like I wonder if we could make gym noises at the beginning of all of our podcasts <laughs> <laughs> what kind of gym noises <laughs> We're Kara and Jill, two trainers, owners of Push Fitness, and the hosts of this podcast. During training sessions with our clients, we often tell them to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And we're saying that right now to you too. Let's push ourselves. Let's push ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that are rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push, push it. it. Hello and welcome to the Push Podcast. Yeah. Season two, episode two. Yeah. Coming to you from our gym. Yeah. we're making farting noises with our stability balls. Yep. <laughs> you too can make farting noises with your stability ball. Just go to our website and click fart ball to get started. <laughs> That's not a real thing, is it? No. Well, I don't know. I've never. <laughs> now I got to Google it. Oh my God. <laughs> so we actually just finished a workout together. We, every Sunday we have a um, work wife workout mm-hmm. and we did sumo deadlifts today. So that mm-hmm. was super fun. It was. Yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. It's like Jill and I sort of became friends working out together. And then we've had times where just because of life, it hasn't worked out for us to be workout partners for a while because one of the other of us was recovering from having a baby or having a surgery or having kids at home and not having childcare. Mm -hmm. And so it's really nice just to even have this one day a week where we're like, yeah, we're going to hang out together, going to get this time. And it's always like half giggles, Mm -hmm. half workout. And it's really, it's amazing. I love it. And also a little dash of um, harassing your husband. Oh yeah. Always (laughs) that. Actually, he's downstairs right now making his coffee. Yeah. So, so. He still loves us. Yeah. 
So yeah, so we just got done with that. One of, there's so many upsides to having this gym in my garage, but uh, I am sure that I'm about to discover some major downsides the next couple weeks because we're having a remodel of our kitchen starting tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. It's early. So next week, it's all like flooring, countertops, tile, grouting. That's one thing each day. And, um, I have been assured that no one's going to go through the gym to do this, but I just, there's, Oh, they will. uh, There's such a big part of me. That's like, that's not going to happen. They're absolutely going to go through the gym. Yeah, (laughs) they will. They will. Yeah. So we'll just, we'll just plan on invoicing them for whatever they mess up. Right. (laughs) I feel like don't scratch my floors. Right. Come on. (laughs) So, yeah. So that's, it's sort of, it feels like a stupid problem to have. Like I'm having all this anxiety about it and I'm like about to get like a new kitchen and it seems kind of like a bougie thing to do. Like I'm not like, <laughs> I've never thought I would like remodel a kitchen. So it just, but here I am like bitching about it. That's so. very grown up y of you. Right? I, <laughs> you well, have like, arrived. I'm an actual grown up. <laughs> But yeah, well, it is, it's going to be a pain in the butt because everything is going to be displaced and that's going to throw everyone for a loop with all of your daily routines and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, I mean, as much, as much fun as it's going to be to have a new kitchen there, you have to go mm-hmm. through all this stuff beforehand to get there. And yeah, so yeah. So yeah, right now we're washing dishes in our bathtub. And when I say we, I absolutely mean my husband. Yeah. <laughs> I am drying the dishes when they come out of the bathtub. That's your big job. I know. I, I have an important job. You do. You do. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Well. So that's what's going on over here. How about you, Jill? Oh, let's see. Um, it's been a kid mania. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like, this is and a fun slash frustrating time because my two older kids are starting to play together now where they haven't before. So they're starting to kind of close that gap where they're playing together, which can go, as you know, really well or really not so well. Yep. And so it, when it's going well, it's like, oh, I'm going to take videos and pictures and share this on my Facebook. And then yeah. when it's going not so well, I'm like, you get over there, you in there, I am done. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> In fact, I was on the phone with Cara the other day and I was in my bedroom with the door closed and I could hear my son going, knock, 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 mommy, knock, 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 mommy, are you almost done? And I'm like, I'm trying to hide from you. Leave me alone. (laughs) You know, it's bad when you admit to your child that you're hiding from them. Grumpy mom syndrome. It's a new level of mommy. I am not, I cannot be the only one. Oh no. I have absolutely hidden from my kids. What happens is that my youngest will get mad and he'll be like, fine, I'm going to my room. And he'll like slam his door. And I'm like, wow, like don't threaten me with a good time. Right? You better, yeah. go, you better go in there. Or like when, <laughs> when Jack says, I'm never playing with you again. And I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> Guess I'll get rid of all my max matchbox cars. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, so now you're pretty caught up with what's going on with us. We, um, 
The other thing that's been going on with us is we've had a couple interactions uh, lately that have brought this particular topic to the forefront. Like we've just been thinking about it a lot and we're like, you know what, we should do an entire podcast about this. And it is that we nor you owe anybody your fitness. Correct. And I know that that sounds really, really weird coming from trainers, So we wanted to tell you our story first um, before we move on. So when I, we've talked a little bit about how we both got into training, Mm -hmm. um, but there's definitely a sense of, as a young trainer, I absolutely believed that I could not be legit if I didn't have visible abs Mm -hmm. or be like a certain weight or body fat percentage. And I really, really stressed over that a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like nobody's going to think I'm, you know, legit if I go above. Right. And in fact, there have been times in my career that I have switched over to mobility training and flexibility training completely Yeah, because it just felt like a safer place for me to be in my body. Like it took the pressure off, mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't have to be skinny if I'm just stretching people. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And in that same way, like I have done the same thing where, um, I felt a lot of pressure to look a certain way because if I didn't, then I wasn't like a quote unquote real trainer. Okay. And, um, and in the same way, when I've been in a larger body, which I am naturally, but when I've been heavier, my, my rhetoric was like, oh, well, you know, I'm not built like a runner. I'm built like a lifter. So I was trying to prove my weight in, mm-hmm. you know, how many pounds were on, the bar, which like would give me permission to everybody else to be heavier, which is just flat out ridiculous when I look back at it now, but it felt like what I had to do at the time to survive. Yeah. Yeah. There was a switch for me. Like, as we started talking more about loving your body and, you know, self-love and things like that, um, I switched over in my head from, how I looked to what I could do, mm-hmm. but then I still had something to fucking prove. Right. Like I was like, Oh, well I can be a good trainer if I can bench this amount and deadlift 300 pounds. And I can, I can tell my clients that I did three hours of cardio or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. stupid thing that I was going to do it. And those things, lifting is not necessarily stupid. But for me, it was the reasons Mm -hmm. like I was training to chase this ideal of what a trainer should be. Right. And as we've evolved, you know, more that Jill and I have had lots of conversations about who we want to be in this fitness space. um, Really, it's like you're a good trainer if you can help people feel good in their bodies. Mm -hmm. And that comes in all different forms. Like we've got to know what we're doing. in order to help someone lift heavy. If lifting heavy helps you feel good in your body, Mm -hmm. we have to know how to do that. And we do. Yes. We have to know how to help people be more mobile. If, because most everybody, to be honest, could benefit from being more (laughs) mobile and feel better in their bodies if they're more mobile. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, so all of those things contribute. And so it's, it, it turns out to be like, do you know what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And can you help empower people to live in their bodies in a way that feels great. Oh my gosh, my husband's here. Our coffee's here. Hey, say hi, Matt. Hi. Hi. This is officially on the podcast. We have a guest. Thank you. How come her cup is larger than mine? I think you know. (laughs) 
sample of the heckling that he gets on Sunday mornings right there. Yep. <laughs> From both of us. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> we have our coffee. Now it's going to get even better. Right. But yeah, I think like, you know, making that shift from um, what your body looks like to what it can do. Like if you look back through our social media, you'll see that we used to say stuff like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. So what happens when your body also can't do what you want it to do? Right. Right. So like after having a baby mm-hmm. or after having a surgery or before having a surgery or having an injury. I mean, and these are all things that happen to people all the time. It's a normal part of aging. It's a normal part of living. And so then it's like, oh, well, your body's just worthless. If you can't, if you can't do those things that you used to be able to do, there's a, there's a huge reckoning that has to happen when you get to that space. Right. Yeah. And I think that you nailed it when you said, you know, our job as trainers is to help people feel good in their bodies. And that can look a variety of different ways. Like, um, and it, it, and it's totally based on, um, you know, like you're saying how they're feeling, like what, what's going on in their lives. Did they get enough sleep last night? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what workouts feel good to that person in that moment? Like we have plans, we make training plans, training cycles, training programs, all that stuff. But like, we're, we're ready to like change it on the fly based mm-hmm. on how people are feeling. We even do that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we, we have definitely evolved over time, but part of that, um, part of that evolution has come with some growing pains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, COVID has been sort of a great, uh, I'm going to use the word reckoning again. It's caused a huge reckoning. Um, like it's just because it's not just a virus, right? It's like, it's a huge shift in, um, the socioeconomic environment that we live in. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it, it's been a social justice reckoning. It's, you know, like there, there's, there's pieces of environmentalism that are coming into play that may have caused or will cause another pandemic. There's so many right. different factors that are coming into play. Like, it's not just like, oh, we, there's a virus and we're dealing with it. Um, <clears throat> and so it's a hugely stressful, nuanced time. Mm-hmm. And we've had a couple I had, run-ins, um, interactions mm-hmm. with clients who are definitely feeling that stress and have really taught us that we need to approach this kind of thing differently. Like, or at least we need to be really upfront about where we stand, about whether, you know, who owes us anything, which is nobody. Right. In the same way that we don't owe our fitness to anybody, our clients don't owe their fitness to us either. Yeah. Yeah. So there were a couple instances where people have told us that they felt like shamed or pressured Mm -hmm. to do fitness with us. Right. And, and it was like, it was honestly shocking Mm -hmm. to me to have those interactions because of what I know, how I actually feel. Right. Um, And the fact that that wasn't coming through or that these people were feeling so much pressure in general um, to perform fitness or to be fit, that it was like kind of too much. And then it was, they shrugged the whole thing off. Um, It was really eye opening to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that part of what we learned um, throughout those experiences is that 
you know, not only, um, you know, the, the under or the notion that they felt like they owed us something that um, we were trying to get out of them, but also like who we represent to them and those interactions as well um, are things that, you know, before those incidents happened, I never would have thought of before. Right. Um, Cause when I like, (laughs) this is like self-confession time. When, when I have interactions like that, where people feel like wronged by me, but I, like, like you said, I know how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. My, my immediate reaction is like, okay. <laughs> right. Like peace. I'm going. Yeah, And mine's the opposite. I am like combing through every conversation I've ever had. And like, could this have been the thing that I said? Could that have been the thing that I said? Could this have been mis- misinterpreted this way? And like, I'm second guessing everything. And then you tell me and I'm like, like screw no. that person. Forget them. Unfriend, <laughs> 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 unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, like somewhere in the middle is about right. right? Yes, like having, exactly. Like having boundaries is important. Owning your own stuff is important. And so this is why one of the, we really wanted to do this is that we wanted to put out there like, Hey, we're not perfect. And it's possible that we might have said or done something that made you feel pressured to perform fitness. Yep. But the, the, the general climate of this time is sort of making people feel pressured to perform yes. fitness. Yes. I was just, and I do not recommend this, just listening to a Joe Rogan podcast with my husband while we were driving the other day. And so much of the conversation around COVID was about if people took better care of themselves, then they wouldn't have to worry about getting sick. Yeah. Like the people who are dying from COVID are already sick. And so we need to be putting more effort into um, like making sure people are healthy. But the way that he said it was not like making sure people have clean drinking water or access to good food and access to gym environments and things like that. No, it was like, like if you're not taking these vitamins and you're not exercising and he even said shit about like getting in a sauna, like, I'm sorry, but who, nobody has access to all those things. No. And so, and he's just one example, but the general climate, like you hear it on the news all the time, like obesity and, and COVID and all this stuff. Let's talk about that. For yep. a second. Break it down. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there is a really, really great write-up on christyharrison.com. She is an intuitive eating uh, counselor, um, and she also does the the podcast Food Psych, which I highly recommend, but go to her website. She has a a, um, blog about um, COVID-19 and obesity, and what she does, she breaks down the original study that links COVID-19 and obesity, or the mortality in Mm COVID-19 and obesity. And there's another study that came out of the VA. Now, not a lot of people are hearing about this VA study because it does not link COVID-19 mortality with obesity. In fact, Mm -hmm. what it does find is that you're less likely to die if you're obese and um, get COVID-19. Now, Let's talk about this. So first of all, none of these studies show that being obese causes you to die from COVID-19. It's a correlation 
not a cause. And that's really important because a lot of times we don't, we don't really think all, like, I mean, we're not scientists, so right. we're not thinking that part of the study through. We hear like, oh, there's a link. I better lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the VA study, she talks about how, how, like what the differences might be and to why that they found such a drastically different change. And this is what she came up with is that people who are, um, who, who are getting healthcare through the VA probably have more consistent care. Mm-hmm. They are also more likely to get care sooner because of medical biases in our society, a lot of people who are overweight are less likely to go to the doctor because what usually happens is they go to the doctor, they're told to lose weight, they fail at losing weight, and then they feel ashamed. Yep. And so that is her, her hypothesis is that that's probably not happening in the, in the VA. Um, also, these people are just in general more taken care of that the, the statistically they tend to have more steady jobs, more access to resources, things like that. Whereas um, in general population, uh, people who are overweight, they can be, they can be hired and fired for not fitting a certain aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to have uh, not be paid as well in the jobs that they're in. And so all of those things can really contribute and not as many of those things are happening in the VA. So um, I'd really, really like to stop hearing about this link between COVID-19 and obesity because the science is not actually there. Like it is flashy and it's a way to shame people and it's, you know, it makes good news, but it's actually not good science. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think that's a great example of confirmation bias, like where people, you know, search out studies that agree with what point they're trying to make. And absolutely the fitness and diet industry are trying to pump up this idea of obesity being the cause of COVID or being more likely to get it and die from COVID. Of course, they're going to do that because they make money off of that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, we're bringing the truth right now for you. Right. (laughs) And we'll, I'll, uh, I'll find that um, uh, blog and put a link to it in the show notes so that y'all can read it for yourselves. Perfect. But yeah, I mean, overall, there's just a pressure to perform because because of the confirmation bias and the news that we're seeing on a daily basis of if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to die from COVID. Mm -hmm. And this is like, like we tend to take for granted this whole like morality and health kind of Mm -hmm. link that we just kind of, we've grown up thinking that we all sort of owe society our health. Um, But this concept itself was not even really a thing until World War II. Now, again, this isn't the only thing that was happening during this time. There's lots of other nuances. But um, one of the the things that I found to be really striking is that during that time, everybody's like chipping in to help out during the war, right? Mm -hmm. The women are going into the factories. Everybody's sort of helping to kind of, you know, contribute to, you know, the United States winning this war. And one of the things that was happening at the same time was that everyone's food was rationed. Mm -hmm. So what, what came out of that is that people who were living in larger bodies started to be assumed that they were eating more 
and people in smaller bodies were assumed to be eating less. Mm -hmm. So the people who were, who were naturally thinner were doing their patriotic duty. Mm -hmm. Whereas the people who were larger were scamming the system and not doing their patriotic duty. Uh -huh. And it's so funny because I actually have a client, she's 86 years old and she's lived during that time. And she told me that she experienced this firsthand. She lives, she's tall and very thin. And she says that she took take after her dad and her sister takes after her mom. Mm -hmm. And she's like, my sister would get so much crap from people because she was naturally shorter and plumper. And she's like, we were eating the same thing. Yeah. But we just looked so much different. Uh -huh. And, and so you think about that. If, if, if bodies do come in all shapes and sizes naturally and that, you know, Jill and I could eat the exact same thing, yep. do the exact same workouts and our bodies would still look drastically different, drastically different than from one another, mm -hmm. you know, if that's happening in during the war, during this time when you can only be patriotic if you're thin, think of the ramifications that 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 has. Right. And we have carried that through to now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that before. So I'm like, I'm sitting here listening and taking it all in. That's Wow. Yeah. Um, and another thing, and we've touched on this before, is um, that a lot of the origins of diet culture and, you know, thinness being pr the preferred body type also come from slavery. Mm -hmm. That um, as a way to differentiate themselves from larger, rounder Black bodies, a lot of white uh, women would seek thinness in order to um, kind of be better yeah. than their slaves and separate themselves. And yeah, and there's so much there. And I'm not saying that all black people are big and round. That is not what I'm saying. Because <laughs> we've had people come at us yeah. about that. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that that a sort of fake delineation was being created by white women in order to, to separate themselves from people that they wanted to believe were beneath them. Right. And so, so, I mean, you look back at, at our perceptions of the body when, when this was happening, doctors at the time were like, Oh hell, what's going on? These women need to eat. Mm -hmm. And over time that has changed yep. drastically as far as, you know, a lot of times, especially if you live in a bigger body and most of people have experienced this, you go in with like an actual medical problem and you're told to lose weight. Like, you know, couldn't you just give me medicine for my ear infection? Like, we. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was talking to somebody just the other day and she was told by her doctor that she needed to lose weight before, um, because there, she had something as precancerous cells. Uh -huh. Um, and so she was told that she needed to lose weight, but she was not given any tools in which to do so. And then they said that they were going to put her on some kind of hormone medication in order to treat 
the precancerous cells. And she's like, okay. She's like, but one of the side effects to the hormone medication is weight gain. Right. So I'm like, what would they be doing right now? If you were a thinner person, what kind of care would you get? And really, if you're experiencing that, you should ask your doctor that. Like if I was already thin and I was already the weight that you think that I should be, what kind of care would you be giving me? Because sometimes it mean all of us have biases that we might not recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like kind of blown away by that. Gosh. Um, <laughs> so that's a whole other podcast. Yes. So I guess after all that rambling, what we're trying to say is that what we want from what we want for you and we want for ourselves is body liberation. Mm-hmm. We want you to feel good in your body. We want you to eat foods that make you feel nourished. We want you to find activity that makes you feel nourished. And if that is not lifting in the gym with us, that is totally fine. Mm-hmm. We love to create a community here where people love to come in and love to be here, but we don't want anyone to feel pressured to do so. No. And and the overarching theme, you don't owe anyone your fitness. You don't. Like I I was thinking about um I was thinking about how I've said many times in the past, I'm like, trainers are sort of like um like pastors mm-hmm. because when you're like, let's say like you're out to lunch and someone's like, I'm a pastor, and you're like, Oh, I should start going to church again. You know, people do that to us too. Like, <laughs> like, like, oh, you're a trainer. Oh, I should really start working out again. Or we run into clients at the at the grocery store and they're like, Don't look at my car. And I'm like, <laughs> Yes, don't look at my car. Like, right. keep your eyes on your own cart. <laughs> Right. That has happened to me a lot me too. where people are like, Oh God, like, so they get like instantly apologetic because of like that they're eating food and like, I'm not worried about what you're eating. I mean, I'm worried about it if you are right. But really like what I want for you is to have more like freedom around food and take a lot of the pressure off. I mean, if you're eating foods that make you feel sick, that's one thing. But like, if you're eating ice cream because you love it, I am not concerned about that. No, no. In fact, so there was there was one time when I was shopping during the holiday season. This was pre-COVID, and I um, I had a Secret Santa person, and in my cart I had like you know some meat, fruit, vegetables, that stuff. I also had some cookies for myself and some cookies for this other person, but I also had um, a trashy romance novel in there for my secret Santa person. Yes. And one of, um, one of our clients, uh, ran into us at the grocery store, my husband and I, and he kind of took, took one look and then he like sort of walked away. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, that's right. Cookies and romance novel. I don't owe anything to you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that, you know, some of that pressure to perform is already sort of built in to the industry because of all the messaging that, that people get through society and and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. So So we're trying, we're trying to change that. Yep. We're trying to, to create a space where there is not that pressure to perform here. Um, We want to meet you where you are. And, you know, some people genuinely love fitness and Mm -hmm. I am one of those people. Like I love it. 
I, it makes me feel good. The process of it is really fun for me. Um, but I know that not everyone is like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, I don't, I don't necessarily need you to do the same things that I'm doing. Um, it's just you finding ways to, um, to feel good in your body. And my job is to help you do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're here to change the narrative and we're going to have these bumps along the way, these growing pains, you know, we have, we have got it wrong in the past and we'll get it wrong in the future. Yep. And we are totally okay with being called on it. So if you ever see anything from us or you hear something that we say, and you're like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Like, let us know, like, give us a, send us a message, go to our website, fill out a contact form. Like, let us know. Cause we, we are continually trying to learn and do better. So that's, that's being called out as part of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. We welcome that. So that's all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the push podcast, make sure you subscribe, give us a review. The more reviews and subscriptions we get, the more visibility we get, the easier that we can reach more listeners just like you. Bye. Bye.